Sports Podcast. I'm Joel Anderson. I'm Jordan Pomaville. And joining us, as always, is the sports outsider, Phil Ranta. We're doing this online again. Yes, we are. Don't worry, folks. No social distancing has been violated. Yep. We're not even close to each other. We're miles away, which is where you hear those weird half-second pauses because of latency. Thanks, Internet. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, you know, the, the entire uh, Sports, Sports, Sports podcast staff is all working from home right now. We're all trying to adjust to this. It's been tricky, but we're getting there. Oh, I know. Gene has rickets. He's, he's been in, indoors so long. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, real, it's a real issue. And it's a very funny name for a sickness. Rickets. <laughs> Makes me think of Don Rickles, you know. Funny guy. Very real funny grumpy. man. Grumpy, grumpy, grumpy oh, man. man. I would describe him as cantankerous. You don't want to get Rickles. If you get Rickles, all you do is insult people all day, but you're not as funny as Don Rickles, so you just get your ass kicked. Right. So People are like, what a racist asshole this guy is. So it's a sports comedy podcast. Uh, uh, Phil's the sports outsider. We'll do it in reverse today. Jill and I, ostensibly sports insiders. Mm, And and, And there's no sports. And uh, no. very little sports news. That's why it's a perfect time for a sports podcast to come in and dominate. We're sucking up all the marketing that would have been spent on sports. Well, I think this is really our chance to to dig into all of the, the different issues that we've been unable to address because of you know just how many new things are flying at our face every week. Yeah. Well, I think, I think we're going to get into that today because... To show you how uh, slow the news has been, uh, Dodgers uh, third baseman Justin Turner recently uh, proposed that instead of doing extra innings in Major League Baseball, if a game is still tied after the 10th inning, just going to a straight-up home run derby. Cool. I mean, this would, this would sort of be like the shootout in the NHL. Yeah, yeah, yeah I would say it's, that's, that's what it's most comparable to. And like uh, that and college overtime, you know, now, it is, fundamentally he, changes the way the game is played to determine the winner, which is, is problematic he, to me. Yeah. Is he suggesting this for only regular season games? I would assume so. Yeah. Uh, is that, I mean, oh, to me, come on. I would love to see a World Series end with a home run contest. You know what? Yeah. I thought I didn't until you just said that. And now I'm like, hmm, <laughs> would that be that bad? Hmm, yeah. No. And granted, it would still be better than when the World Cup ends by penalty kicks, by enormous amounts. But I don't not. know what you're talking about, Joel. I love when the World Cup ends. Yeah, <laughs> fair, fair point, George. Yeah, I think the happiest thing about this impending apocalypse is that that means it's going to be the end of soccer too, right? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Hey, silver lining. Yep, there yeah. you go. But, but uh, apparently, uh, so this is what Justin Turner said, and that's what passes for news nowadays, a feature story about you know, the Dodgers <laughs> basement passing uh, you know, uh, uh, an idea. But uh, Nat Spigman gave us a call because apparently he read this article and he, he wanted to get on the podcast as soon as possible because he's, I guess, he always has ideas. So I'm guessing oh, yeah. it's jumpstart in him. He's the CEO of Clune. Yeah. 
Yeah, we've had him on a couple times. He's a tech giant, giant of the tech world, big Silicon Valley guy. I can already tell you, I, I don't think I'm going to like it, you know. After all, uh, you know, I'm the guy who didn't like the change from uh, only baseball to totally baseball. You know, if he's proposing newfangled ways to play baseball, I don't think I'm going to like it. Uh-oh. I'm always willing to hear him out. I'm always willing to, yeah. you know, just because he, he, he's a brilliant guy. He's got yeah, one of yeah. those just those minds, you know. Jordan, you're one of the most impressionable people I've ever heard. <laughs> you always take their side. I'm a little bit more skeptical. See, I don't see this as a as a fight like you do, where it's either you take their side or you don't take their side. I just want to have delightful conversation with great guests. Yeah. That's why we always send you to get burritos, Phil. I know. Well, uh, so we have, we'll have Nats Bigman on. Phil, we got a wide world of weird sports. Goddamn right we do. And news, news, news. But first, sports update, watch update. Sports update, watch update. Brought to you by... The concept of sports. Please don't forget about us. <laughs> so uh, we're just going to take this. We're going to kind of go around the horn with some some sports news that we've got in all the different uh, areas of sport. Sure. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Some of it is related to what's going on in the news. Some of it's basically how it's been impacted uh, by uh, COVID-19. Um, You're sure you don't want to save some of this for News News News? No, I'm, I'm fairly certain I know what's going to happen during News News News. I don't so know I'm what just you're talking get this about. Out right <laughs> now. Fair, fair. Uh, local businesses have been devastated by COVID 19. As a result, Alex Rodriguez, former Yankee, has called on New Yorkers to support their favorite spots, saying one way to help local restaurants is through, through these hard times is to buy a $100,000 gift card. Whoa, that's too <laughs> much. I mean, it would really help yeah. out, though, I think. Yeah. That'd be nice. Uh, well, you got to remember. He lives in New York, right? Well, yeah, New York and Miami. He splits time. Yeah, so, I mean, if he's buying a $100,000 gift card in New York, that's like, I don't know, three entrees at a restaurant? Uh, yeah. Maybe an no, app point. Too, at a pre-feed? Yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, if you get apps, well, you could do, like, two really, like, down-home meals. But if you want to do, like, a, a th- stretch it to three, it's just going to have to be entrees. Uh, NFL? To help build ventilators, Roger Goodell has donated some of his operating parts that his bosses uh, have deemed non-essential. Hmm. Uh, however, however, upon hearing the news, manufacturers informed the NFL they have no use for poorly built empathy AI. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, 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 that doing, you use that in a generator. Or yeah, a you, really, you really wouldn't want to put that into a ventilator because it'd just be a lot of like, God, why can't you breathe? Yeah. Uh, golf, uh, the Masters and U.S. Open have been postponed, and it looks like the British Open will likewise be delayed or canceled. John Daly took out a PSA on local television after a disappointing trip to the store and reminded residents that, quote, while vodka can be used as a disinfectant, that's not what it's for, and you know it. You fucking know it. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, that's fair. So I guess Brutal. this year they, they should call it the British Closed. Ooh, oof. Ouch. <laughs> Whoa. That was a tough one. That was tough to hear. I'm uh, so proud of myself. You should be. Uh, these are tough times, obviously. An out-of-work celebrity quarterback, Johnny Manziel, is thankful for the increased unemployment checks going out. But, but sources say he is beside himself knowing that this could be the end of his brand of humor, which is heavily based on bodily fluids. Oh, oh yeah, that's yeah. true. People are going to say... 
Well, that's pretty insensitive. Wear a mask. <laughs> uh, college football. Kirk Herbstreet recently said that he didn't think that the college football, the college football would even play a, a full season. Um, in response to this, SEC football players learned that they would receive a prorated amount of their previously agreed upon salary from bag men. Mm. Now, Yikes. when when pushed over the fairness of this settlement, one anonymous bag man said, what do you want? I'm a bag man for Mississippi <laughs> State. If life were fair, I'd be a bag man for Auburn. Geez, yep. fucking deal with it. Yeah, nobody is ever happy in the position they're in, you know? <laughs> well, yeah. it also feels like he made himself a little less anonymous with that quote. Right, yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe this is why you're a bag man for Mississippi State. Because you go on <laughs> news programs and talk shit about being a bag man. Uh, with the start of the season postponed indefinitely, Major League Baseball, Major League Baseball held a faux opening day or fopening day by mm-hmm. airing classic games online at um, uh, that website. Um, you, you know the one where you, you argue with your nephews about politics? Uh, yeah, Facebook. Oh, yeah, that's the one. Well, not to be outdone, the PJ announced it was simulcasting the 2019 Masters on Snapchat and Quibi. Who's out of touch now, baseball? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Quibi. That's one I haven't even heard of. Oh, it comes out in a couple days. Jeffrey Katzenberg. Yeah, Yeah, it comes out on uh, April 6th, so Monday. I have been waiting for the Jeffrey Katzenberg video chatting app for... So long. Oh, no, it's short-form premium, Joel. It's like YouTube, but you have to pay for it. Oh, wait, no, I've been hearing about this. Uh, they keep talking about it on NPR, and the people who analyze that are very confused about the idea that anyone's going to pay for short-form content. Wait, what's NPR? <laughs> like, like the other five superstars on the other five really good teams, LeBron James is hoping that the basketball season returns. Because if it doesn't, he will have played two seasons in Los Angeles and not even made the playoffs, which yeah. just makes him an obvious target for a Russian mobster living in Eagle Rock who is heavily leveraged in future bets. Mm. Uh, obvious target. <laughs> heavily <The> leveraged. <laughs> yeah. The NHL, ever the middle child of professional sports, has told insiders that they're not planning on resuming play at all, just to see if anyone even notices. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Wimbledon was canceled for the first time since World War II, which officially means that COVID-19 is the worst thing since Hitler. And uh, yeah. before we get into the age-old internet debate of whether Stalin was actually worse, he never forced Wimbledon to cancel. It's true. I Though think he it... would have if he knew that was an option. <laughs> you know who was even worse than both of them? Genghis Khan. And lastly... Patriot staffers who wish to remain anonymous say it's so hilarious to see Bill Belichick on a Zoom conference call that nobody will tell him he can just do audio. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And this has been a sports update, watch update. Sports update, watch update. Brought to you by the concept of sports. Don't forget about us. News, news, news on the Sports, Sports, Sports podcast with Jordan, Joel, and Phil. No, I'm not going to fall for this again. And now it's time for another Sports Throughout History. Oh, man. Brought 
to you, and bye. I hate this. The History Channel. I know you're watching more of me, and I appreciate it. This week on Sports Throughout History, gotcha again, Jordan. You sure did, Joel. Oh, wow. In your face. <laughs> jousting. Jousting? Ooh. Like jousting. the American Gladiators jousting? No. Oh, like Bill. Colin on the Weekend Update? Ah, Colin no. Joust, yeah. Jordan. He's going to marry jousting. Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> Not joust. Jousting. Jousting is a martial game, or hastalude, between two horsemen wielding lances with blunted tips, often as part of a tournament. The primary aim was to replicate a clash of heavy cavalry, with each participant trying hard to strike the opponent while riding towards him at high speed, breaking the lance in the opponent's shield, or jousting armor if possible, or unhorsing him. That would mean knocking him off of his horse. Is I like that the, the ultimate phrase goal? unhorsing? Yeah. That really depersonalizes the horse to refer to it as unhorsing. Mm-hmm. You know? It's like what, the horse is just an a, 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 a an appendage for the knight? I feel like it's classier than saying like knocking him off his saddle. You know, well, at least yeah. acknowledging the presence of the horse. Oh, I see. It's classier. Than, than treating the horse like a real existing human being, Jordan. I mean, a horse isn't a human being. It's a no, horse. It's, it's a horse. You know, I'm going to move on before you guys. This is really offensive, what you're saying right now. Joel, it's <laughs> not. It's a horse. Yeah, it's very horsist. Uh, the joust became an iconic characteristic of the knight in romantic medievalism. The participants experienced close to three and a quarter times their body weight in G-forces when the lances collided with their armor. It's pretty serious, guys. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, it's like football, but worse because you're on a horse. And all of the pounds per square inch are concentrated to the tip of a lance. Yeah. Uh, We might not have time to get into it at this point, but the... uh, there's actually a really interesting sub-story about how the NJL, the National Jousting League, tried mm. to cover up the concussions that people were getting from jousting. Uh, I, th- but, I think know. that's just, I think they were just able to slide under the radar because not enough people were paying attention, Joel. Right. Yeah, that and this being the medieval ages, only one person lived long enough that they actually developed CTE. So it was a lot, it was a much smaller sample size they were dealing with. Right, they were like dying of like rat bites at like 35, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Bubonic plague, boom. You guys think this whole COVID-19 thing is bad. Oh boy, we're lucky it's not the bubonic plague. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's what you should, every day, wake up, look in the morning and say, boy, are we lucky this isn't the bubonic plague. You know, I wake up every morning and I quietly say that to myself, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> over a bowl of granola and berries right <laughs> yeah yeah so what that, else that sounds like a good morning <laughs> as i teach myself how to compost yeah you sort of slowly walk out and Lindsay's making coffee and you lean over and give her a kiss in the floor you're like oh morning honey we're lucky it's not the bubonic plague uh, you know and then make your way throughout the day and yeah all right the term is derived, the term jousting is derived from the old French joster, 
And that is spelled like Colin Jost. So Ah, there uh, he is, finally. Uh ultimately from Latin ix uxtare to approach to meet. Uh so it's Latin, guys. Bet you wish uh you'd also taken three years of Latin in high school like this guy did. I, I'm sorry, I can't see you because we're not recording in the same place. Did you point to yourself when you said this guy, or were you pointing to someone else? No, no. Uh, my 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 brother uh, Stan is a Latin scholar, and he's over for a visit. No, you're not supposed to have visitors. Oh my gosh! Send oh, it back. Was... Wow. Uh, that was stupid. Hey, Stan, you gotta leave. Okay. Anyway. Uh, getting back to jousting, boy, and Stan really helped me put this presentation. I yeah. know what an unceremonious yeah. way to get rid of your brother. Yeah, yeah. one. I can't believe we forgot that. I've been, you know, keeping myself inside this whole time. Oh well. Uh, so from the 11th to 14th centuries, when medieval jousting was still practiced in connection with the use of lance in warfare, uh, armor evolved from mail, uh, which is like a bunch of little rings of metal hooked together took a very long time to make, uh, with a solid, heavy helmet called a Great Helm, which, incidentally, is what I'm going to start calling hats. <laughs> sure. You're going to call them your Great Helms? Like, next time we're all hanging out with Craig, and he's got, like, a new checker pattern for a pork pie hat, we can be like, Great Helm, sir! And he'll go, uh... <laughs> yeah. Uh, but by 1400, knights wore full suits of plate armor called a harness. Wait, the plate armor was called the harness? I thought, why isn't the harness called the harness? Hey, listen, if you want a better explanation, you should probably look in pages 28 and 29 of Cleffin. I don't know what any of those words mean, including (laughs) page. It's just, it's a reference, (laughs) Bill. Uh, in the earlier period, a joust was still a martial meeting i.e. a duel in general and not limited to the lance. Mm. So the lance might have been part of it, but they also might have done some whacking at each other with swords, axes, and stuff. Yeah, I would have just skipped the joust and, like, psyched him out. Like, we're going at each other to joust. And then, like, I'd jump off my horse, and then I'd hit his horse with, like, an axe. (laughs) Yeah, that's the way to go. I'd be worried about getting run over by a horse, but I do got an axe. Like, get, like standing up in your saddle and doing like a flying tackle off of your horse. Can you imagine the look in your look in their face if they're like getting ready with their their lance and then all of a sudden you're leaping over the lance in your suit of armor off the Terrifying. top rope? Yeah, off the top rope exactly. But uh, tournaments in the high medieval period were much rougher and less gentlemanly gentlemanly affairs than in the late medieval era, which is known as the era of chivalry. You know, yeah, that is when they found lots of rules to explain why it was perfectly okay for them to uh, kill people with swords and 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 butcher whole populations of peasants. Uh, The rival parties would fight in groups with the aim of incapacitating their adversaries for the sake of gaining their horses, arms and ransoms. That was before the chivalry. Right, right. Makes sense. Uh, I've honestly only been doing this podcast as long as I have because I'm still hoping that I'm going to get the horses and arms and hold you two for ransom. <laughs> Who are you going to get money from if you hold me from ransom? Honestly. Yeah. 
You'd be better off holding Jordan for ransom and then ransoming me. Yeah, that's true. Uh, So just to skip ahead here, uh, the the romanticized chivalric revival, which is the the later form here, uh, was based on the chivalric romances of the high medieval period, in which noblemen tried to reenact in real life uh, some of those chivalric romances, sometimes blurring the lines of reality and fiction. So you heard it here. Jousting was the first form of cosplay. Oh, that's kind of fun. Uh, speaking oh. of which, I've got an idea to make the next Comic-Con much more interesting. <laughs> okay, Joel. <laughs> I well, like Comic-Con idea. is already as interesting as human... If it was any more interesting, poor Craig's brain would explode. I'm sorry. You're saying if we put nerds in their costumes on the back of large horses and made them ride at each other with fake lances, that would not be more interesting than what they currently have at Comic-Con. You know, I would bet $1,000 that that's been done already at Comic-Con. Everything's I... been done at Comic-Con. You lost me on fake lances. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I like it. They're, We're they're wearing harnesses. This... They're protected. We're going to settle this whole <laughs> Star Trek, Star Wars thing once and for all. <laughs> That actually would be a really good way to have fandoms duel, uh, dueling against other fandoms. Right. Oh, that'd be fun. Nothing Star would be Predator would on a horse. Star Predator Wars on a horse? Cosplay. Yeah. Oh, they could dress the horses up like Tauntauns. Yeah. Now Joel's speaking my language. Right? Okay. So real quick here, just to wrap up, uh, we're going to go through uh, the way that the Chronicles of Froissart written in the 1390s. Uh, You guys knew that, but uh, for the people at home. Uh, And covering the period of 1327 to 1400, uh, contained many details concerning jousting in this era. Uh, The combat was was now expected to be non-lethal, which is to say that it didn't used to be. Uh, And uh, in one example, Froissart records that during a campaign in uh, Buys, in the year 1380, you guys remember 1380, right? <laughs> what a year for jousting. Uh, a squire of the Tory castle named uh, Guavan Michel, also mentioned in the Chronique du Bon Duc Lois de Bibou, uh, was wounded uh, in 1382 at uh, Ruzbik, and again in 1386. You know what? I don't need to... You guys remember the uh, the... <laughs> the squire of the garrison of the Tory castle named Guavin Mikhail, right? I, I know of them. Yeah, yeah. You're, I, don't, you're, I, don't, I don't know what the hell you're talking about anymore, Joel. So, so this squire uh, pops out there, and he starts yelling at the English, right? So this is uh, yeah. chivalric trash talk, if you will. Listen up here, guys. Is there among you any gentleman... Who, for the love of his lady, is willing to try with me some feat of arms? If there should be such, here I am, quite ready to sally forth completely armed and mounted, to tilt three courses with the lance, to give three blows with the battle axe, and three strokes with the dagger. Now look, you English, if there be none among you in love. Wow. If there be none among you in love, that's throwing down the gauntlet. And, like, kind of literally, because they still wore them back then. Uh, to which uh, another squire named Joachim Kator said, I will deliver him from his vow. Let him make haste 
and come out of the castle. And and off they went. Uh, they met each other roughly with spears. Uh, the French guy looked very good, but guess what? The English guy hit the Frenchman on the thigh with his lance, uh, which, as you might expect, made the Earl of Buckingham quite upset because it was very unchivalric to do so. You're not supposed to hit the thigh? Apparently you're not supposed to hit the thigh. Ultimately, the French squire uh, had to stop because of the loss of blood. Oh, he hit the ephemeral artery, huh? Yeah. Uh, That's so, a hard thigh hit. Yeah, yada, yada, yada. They did a lot of jousting. It had to come to a close, and eventually, in 1559, King Henry II of France died from wounds that he suffered while jousting. So just, you know, imagine if Donald Trump were killed while taking part in an NFL game. Not you know just what's... to get a sense of what it would have been like for the French, just because that's a fun thought. You know, We skipped over something very important. 13 minutes into a segment, Joel yada yada something. Joining us now on the podcast, uh, via his home studio up there in Northern California, we have Nat Spigman. Hey, everybody. It's me, Nat Spigman. I'm the CEO, CFO, CTO, and CWO, MCO of Clune. Uh, great to have you on again, Nat. It's been a while. Oh, yeah. Times are booming for venture capitalists in Silicon Valley, let me tell you. Really? Boom. Is it still the case right now? Everybody has gone digital. Yeah, I, I was going to say, that's, there's, there's certain industries right now that I think are, are doing pretty well, even if it's not necessarily looking that way. But Oh, how's Clune doing, you're asking? Well, now we're I didn't worth ask that. $4 billion that's on paper. way below what you had previously said. Well, we're I mean, in the middle of a recession, Joel. <laughs> we're in a recession. I mean, valuations can great. bounce around. They I'm bounce around. Sure. Yeah, but in the past, we were talking about tens, even hundreds of trillions of dollars on your valuation. Look, Joel, well, the market had to write itself, and now it did. And now, a company that only has between three and 40,000 employees, depending on the day, is worth <laughs> $4 billion. Not too oh, bad. Oh, oh. Wait a Unicorn. second. Who are the other? Who are the other two employees? Well, uh, there's my uh, assistant, who is a virtual assistant that I got online, mm -hmm. and then uh, I've got uh, a project manager for Mechanical Turk that outsources people for forty cents an hour if I need them. I'm gonna go out uh, limb here, say Matt, Nat, and say that you know your your investors took a bath in the stock market, and now they're pulling a lot of their risk on investments out and that means that you're completely out of uh, oh my of investors love me every time they see me they thank me they say nat thank you for defining the future of baseball and that's why you're on not to talk <laughs> uh, business yeah. but to talk yeah. to sports i'm sorry oh, yeah just a tangent yeah yeah no that was a tangent but that's okay justin turner on the los angeles dodgers said hey Baseball is boring. If we get to the 10th inning and there, it's still a tie, home run derby it. And that yeah. got me thinking. It's time for me to announce Clune's new position, our new pivot. We're launching 
the XMLB. <laughs> oh no! Not is, the this, is this some sort of XFL thing? Is that oh, this is completely different, but it's kind of the same. Yeah, I mean, when you say the XMLB, it sounds like a person that the MLB broke up with. Well, no, this is this is what it is. It's less stall, more baseball. <laughs> okay, I trademarked. Mean, base- baseball does mm. have a problem with uh, you know pace of play, and sometimes oh, I would I would argue it's all stall. Right <laughs> now, the way baseball is is all stall, very little baseball. There's a there's a well I, I would say that uh, baseball contains a significant amount of stall and that's sort of the charm of it too much stall so look if if we even have players in the MLB complaining about how long it is and saying we need to have home run derbies well that's when you're gonna say hey why don't you come over and join the XMLB we'll pay you more we have more fans and bigger and better stadiums. Okay, well, I'll, 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 I'm listening. I'm leaning in. Tell me a little bit about what's going to make the, there to be more fans. Why, how are you going to be able to pay them more? To start one inning. It's one That's inning. right. It's we're going to have one, one inning, inning, but we're going to play nine games a day. Now, uh, a quick question, Nat. Is it going to yep. be one inning uh, composed of uh, three outs for both teams? Oh, yeah. One inning, three outs for both teams. Then you play nine games. Okay. Can you imagine how much more you'd spend per ticket if you're like, I'm getting nine games for one ticket? That's an incredible value. No, because, I mean, it's the same, but the games are one-ninth of what they used to be. It's not not the same because you get nine games. It's more games. You're still getting nine innings, though. Joel, but you're getting nine games. Matt, you this... could just sit in the stands now and tell yourself you're watching nine games of baseball. But then you lie to the... yourself, Joel. You don't want to lie to yourself. <laughs> you want to be honest with your customers. And what I'm telling the customers is, why are you paying, you know, $40 to go watch one game when instead you could pay $100 and watch nine? So, I don't think that's being honest with your customers. It is. You're getting nine games. I think you're just taking the product as is and slightly repackaging it and then charging more than twice as Joel, much. have you ever seen The Hobbit? The movies, The Hobbit movies? I've, I've seen the original Hobbit, the animated movie, and there I was, have seen... Look, there was one book. They made three movies out of it. You know what? It did great. No, so you take well, one baseball game, you make nine games out of it. It'll do in, great. All right, they made three bad movies out of it, but that was also like three full movies okay we're lingering yeah i really don't want to talk about the hobbit way too long here's here here's here's point number two i know what you're saying but but nat but nat if you're playing only one in your games they're all gonna be ties well that's the beauty of it is that at the end of every game that's a tie we'll just do american gladiators to decide the winner (laughs) (laughs) well wait a minute Nat. wait a minute this seems like why not just do the home run derby i guess Oh, home run derbies are so slow. The same thing over and over again. You know, Justin Turner was onto the right idea, but so slow. You have to wait for the ball to be thrown. You have to wait for the bat to swing. You have to wait for the ball to float through the air. You have to do you know, blah, 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 blah. No, American Gladiators, the second the last inning comes out, 
then 10 gladiators will take the field and immediately they're going to start climbing a wall and drag each other out and jousting and uh, bashing through walls and, and running through obstacle courses. Okay, I'm sorry about arguing earlier. That actually might be worth $100. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. Mean, it, you, you are getting one full baseball game, essentially, but if between every inning there's an American Gladiator competition, that is significantly more entertainment for your dollar. Oh, yeah. And you know what? Everyone says, hey, but Nat, what are you going <laughs> to you can't, – you can't play games because COVID-19 is happening. That's the best part. You can play – because every athlete and every fan wears a radiation suit. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so you can go in and enjoy it as if it's nothing. And you know what? Those radiation suits inside of them stocked with nachos and beer <laughs> inside of the suit. So it's not contaminated. I just want to walk through the, uh, the fan experience real quick. Yeah. If I were to show up at the game, uh, yep. I got my ticket for all nine games and the yep. possible gladiator fight if there's a tie. Once yep. I go through the turnstile, is that when I get my suit? You do not go through a dirty turnstile in the time of COVID, all right? <laughs> okay. What you do is outside the stadium, you strip naked and hold okay. your ticket above your head. Okay. Somebody comes and washes you down, right, with a hose and one of those long scrubbers on a pole, and then they put a radiation suit on you. And then somebody else with a radiation suit opens a little flap in the back and dumps nachos and beer in it. <laughs> okay, so I'm clean. And then after kind of a debasing experience where I'm washed naked in a parking lot. No, not debasing. Decoviding. <laughs> right. <laughs> but after, after going through that, I get my reward would be nachos and beer in my suit. Yeah, inside of your suit. And your reward is you get to watch nine whole games of XMLB. Yeah, and, and that, when you say you, you, you dump the nachos and beer into the suit, I was imagining some sort of tray. Do you just sort of toss them in there with the, the naked wet person? Oh, oh. <laughs> There's no room for trays inside of a radiation suit. Well, I thought they'd be really big radiation suits. No, you got, you had like astronaut baggies full of beer and nachos. Okay. Well, all right. So they are packaged. Yeah. What? You think you're just going to like dump beer in loose and it'll all pull by your feet? You can't drink it. Yeah, you it. couldn't drink that. <laughs> I'm just checking, you know. No, you're not thinking like a Silicon Valley genius. You got to start thinking like a Silicon Valley genius. I mean, that's what separates us from you, Nat, really. Yeah, that's really true. And uh, here, here's the absolute kicker, right? So everybody says, hey, Nat, but all of the best baseball players are playing for the MLB. Well, that's the best part of it is every single game is rockin' jock. What, what does what? that mean? That yeah. means half celebrities and musicians, <laughs> half professional baseball players. So if Wouldn't you want to see Justin Bieber in a radiation suit play nine games of XMLB, what's the only game in town? XMLB. Where's the only place where when you throw a fastball fast enough, you get to pitch the next ball with it literally on fire? XMLB. <laughs> where's the only one where if you uh, accidentally have a uh, too many fouls when you're at bat, they release a hungry pit bull on the field. XMLB. 
I'm sorry, you're going to release an angry pit bull when everyone in the audience has got nachos and beer inside of their radiation suits. They're in the are... audience, Joel. They can't be, they're not on the field, Joel. Yeah, but it's a pit bull. I mean, Joel, let me just, let me just say, you got investment opportunities here. Are you in or are you out? Out. Jordan, are you in or are you out? I am so in that. I'm there excited about this Don't idea. Pit, it's a pleasure to be here. Me and Jordan are taking this thing to the moon. XMLB, let's stall more baseball. Trademarked. And now it's time for another wide world of weird sports. All sports, weird sports. Everyone loves wide weird sports. Wide world of weird sports. What do we got this week? This week's wide world of weird sports, Stroker Ace. Stroker Ace? Stroker Ace is a 1983 American com- action comedy film directed by Hal Needham and starring Burt Reynolds as the eponymous Stroker Ace, a NASCAR driver. Mm. How did he get the nickname Stroker? Well, Joel, let me tell you. <laughs> Burt Reynolds turned down the role of astronaut Garrett Breedlove in terms of endearment to do this film. Oops. I'm sorry, wait. Garrett Breedlove? Breedlove? Have you ever seen Terms of Endearment, Joel? No. That role ended up going to Jack Nicholson, who then got the Oscar for that role. Wait, seriously? For a guy called Breedlove? Yeah, for Garrett Breedlove. Yeah, it's a very... Joel, I think you're obsessing about the wrong thing here. It was a brilliant role, brilliant movie, brilliant performance. Could have been Burt Reynolds. But instead, he decided to do the comedy action film Stroker Ace. <laughs> You're right. I was I was keying on the wrong thing. Yeah. Burt Reynolds does have a history of turning down very good award-winning projects and taking bad ones. Yeah. He, uh, uh, that's a goof. He's a goofball. Right, but you guys are sort of assuming, I mean, do you think that Burt Reynolds would have won the Oscar for that? Or was maybe Burt Reynolds correct in thinking that Burt Reynolds would be much better suited by Stroker Ace than... Terms of endearment. I think it could have changed his whole career. You know, that was uh, at that point. Sure, there was uh, Cuckoo's Nest and uh, and Shining. Like Jack Nicholson had some great roles, but he wasn't like regular Oscar caliber yet until Terms of Endearment. Mm, I see what you're saying there. Yeah, yeah. Reynolds could have been that. Imagine right now we could have Reynolds sitting in the front row of the Oscars being honored like. Uh, like some sort of acting god, but instead he did Stroker yeah, Ace. I I have actually heard that Smokey and the Bandit was originally written as like a a raw Holocaust drama. Oof. Reynolds said he made this decision because felt like I owed more to Hell than I owed to Jim. <laughs> but uh, that it was a turning point in his career from which he never recovered. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, he has a lot of regret there. Although car-themed film starring Reynolds had previously been successes, including four made with Needham, Stroker Ace flopped. That's where I lost him, he later said of his fans. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that's a tough one. This is, uh, he considered this his turning point. Um, but listen to who this movie is starring. Burt Reynolds, Ned Beatty, Jim Neighbors, Parker Stevenson, and Lonnie Anderson. That's a hell of a lineup. That's I a cast. That's an all-star cast. Yeah, I used to live next door to Jim Neighbors. Ugh. 
Uh, Stroker <laughs> Ace is a popular race car driver from Waycross, Georgia, and a three-time champion in the race car Winston Cup Series, driving number seven Ford Thunderbird. An all-or-nothing man, he wins if he does not crash. He's arrogant and pompous with no regard for the business side of the racing team. He also has an on-track season rivalry with an ambitious young driver, Aubrey James, who drives a number 10 four-star Whiskey Buick Regal. And so this is different from the usual NASCAR movies where the driver is very much interested in securing sponsorships and driving responsibly. Exactly, yeah. He's a little bit more of a... uh, He's a, he's a wild man, whereas usually in these movies, you know, the, the athlete comes in is very straight-laced. Yeah, just a rule-following good guy. I'm just here to practice and hopefully win. Yeah. When Stroker runs afoul of his current sponsor, Jim Caddy of Xenon Oil, by dumping a load of wet concrete on him, he has to find a new sponsor. And, of course... Fried chicken mogul Clyde Torkle, along with his chauffeur Arnold and newly appointed director of marketing and public relations, Peenbrook Feeney, convinced Stroker <laughs> and his chief mechanic, Lugs Harvey, to <laughs> sign up with him. How is. I'm sorry, you're right, Phil. My fixation on Breed Love is a weird name was premature. Yeah, it feels no, quaint how in retrospect. Yeah. Yeah. Al Needham wrote the names Stroker Ace, Jim Caddy, Clyde Torkel, uh, and Lugs Harvey into the screenplay. Uh, Overlooking his contract by not reading the specifics, Stroker begins a new life as the commercial face for the Chicken Pit fast food (laughs) restaurants. How is this movie not amazing? You know, I still haven't seen it. I'm going to try to seek it out and buy it because I think it's probably is amazing. Yeah. Now I, I might watch it as soon as we're finished here. Yeah. The slogan on Stroker's car reads the fastest chicken in the South. And his contract proves to stipulate that he must do personal appearance, which includes dressing up in a chicken suit, feet included. <laughs> so embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, realizing that he's locked to a bad deal, Stroker devises a plan with lugs to get out of it. Torkel is on to Stroker, though, and allows his antics because he sees the racer as a big ticket to regional frame by promoting the Chicken Pit franchise. I mean, so here's here's the secret here, though. As a ladies' man, Stroker tries to seduce the beautiful Pembroke who is a Sunday school teacher, does not drink, and is a virgin. Oh, my. That that really puts her at odds with the protagonist. Yeah. And is played by Lonnie Anderson, so, you know, you know. Oh, wait, and is this where they met? They had some sort of relationship, right? Yeah, but one night after getting her drunk on champagne, he removes her clothing and has a chance to take advantage of her, but decides against it. Which is about as 70s and 80s comedy movies as it gets. Is the hero getting a woman drunk and getting her naked. And then going, I probably shouldn't rape this woman. Yeah, what a stand-up guy. Right, exactly. Talk about a save-the-cat moment. Yeah. Yeah, that's What a weird hero thing. Like, How strange to not have sex with an incapacitated drunk lady. Right. 
Uh, during uh, So Stroker is winning races under the Chicken Pit sponsorship and is in the running for the season-ending sp- uh, championship. At the beginning of the final race, Torkel is offered a deal to sell his franchise for a huge profit. The catch is, if he wins the championship, Stroker has to sell the chicken for the next two years. If he loses, he is out of the contract. Mm. Ooh. God, so, but I imagine deep down, the idea of like losing has got to just kill him. It's tough for him. During yeah. the race, Stroker is at odds with himself. He drops back in the race in an effort to lose, but his Luke, his ego won't let him, so he quickly begins moving back through the pack. Torkel, realizing that Stroker would rather lose than be bound by the contract, makes a public announcement that he's releasing Stroker immediately, but he's unaware that Stroker is moving up through the field in an effort to win. And with the news that he's free from the contract, Stroker wins the championship in spectacular fashion, by flipping his car over as he crosses the finish line. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Stroker. 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 Yes. Stroker. Here, here's the final nail in the coffin. Turkle then finds out the lucrative offer for his chicken franchise is a fake. <gasps> it's been cooked up by Stroker and his friends. What? Yeah. He One last final feud to Ned Beatty. <laughs> wow. Wow. How is this not a good movie? I've, uh, I've been listening to you talking about the plot, and I have riveted. Yeah. Uh, you know what? It might be a good movie. You should uh, all go see it and tweet at us at Sports Number 3 Podcast. Let us know what you think. And that brings us into another wide world of weird sports. So I wish I had a name like Phoebe Pedrucker's Stro- Stroker Ace or Clyde Torkel or Lugs Harvey. Citizens of Podcast Town, this brings to a close another sports. 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 Podcast. But before we go, we're going to bring back Nat Spigman to remotely give you our contact information. Oh, yeah. This is Nat Spigman, CEO, CFO, AWMCO of Clune. And you know what? Uh, I hate to break this to you, Jordan, but uh, I can't take your investment. We just pivoted. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, no. We just pivoted. What we're doing is uh, we've got an automated system where we've got a robot that reads podcast uh, uh, drop uh, promotions at the very end so that you don't have to bring back guests to, to read it. Oh, really? Oh. Could, we, could we test that out? Yeah, that, let's that test be it. Here we go. We, Come on we in. Are... Hello. This is Time for Sports, the number three podcast. Sports, sports, sports podcast. Promotion. You can find us on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash sports the number three podcast. That's facebook.com slash sports the number three podcast. Joke here. Ha ha ha. You can find <laughs> us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash sports the number three podcast. That's twitter.com slash sports the number three podcast. Joke here. Ha ha ha. Or you can find all of our episodes at anchor.fm slash sports the number three podcast. That's anchor.fm slash sports the number three podcast. Joke here. Ha uh-huh. ha. See, it saved you so much time and it saved my voice. Well, uh, yeah, it, it, I, can see, I can see the potential in that, Nat. Yep. Yeah, well, I'm about to go make a trillion dollars. Good luck to you, buddy. Hey, guys. Joel. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, uh, Good night.
Bye, Bye Joel. Joel.